指折り Hey, T-Bone, how's your health at the moment, mate? I've never been feeling so much better in my life now. Move 75 vitamins and minerals on a single serve in the morning. Fuck yeah. It's keeping the spicy cough away. Never felt better, Namu. Everything. He's talking about AG1s. AG1s, athletic greens. Get onto it, crew. I'll tell you what. It's certainly given T-Bone a bit of a vibe, hasn't it? He's fired up, isn't he? Put it in a shaker. Fucking give it a good shake in the morning. Woohoo. AG1s. You'll be it's Kennedy. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate, I'm good. Hey, um, I know that you really enjoy the Cheeky Monkey craft beers, don't you? I certainly do. I know that you do. Um, the thing that I'm sort of wondering about sometimes if you, you know, you're going around to a barbecue or catching up with some mates or whatever it might be, some of those, those craft beers are pretty high in the alcohol volume, aren't they? They can blow out your driving plans very quickly. Uh, that's why... Over the festive season this year, because uh, you know, a couple of weeks holiday around the festive season, find Indeed. yourself going out to uh, the beach and barbecues and whatnot a bit more than average when you're working. So I reached for a cube of the old mid-strength hazy IPA. It's uh, called the Spring Seasonal 2022. Comes in at three and a half percent, but uh, mate, it's got that hazy, full flavour aroma. Aromatic, what do you call it? Aromatic. Aromatic, that's the one. Plenty of hops, plenty yeah. of flavour. Yeah, it's uh, it's a ripper. Hazy IPA stays in uh, in line with all their other beers, but at least I can have a couple and still get the family home safe. So, And T-Bone's up north, so I had to fill in for him and drink some mids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheeky monkey. Summertime in the beautiful southwest of Western Australia. Adzi, you've been getting out of the boat at all, mate? Boats and hoes, as Will Ferrell once put it. Boats, boats and, and hoes. Yeah, got to get was. me some boats and hoes. Some hoes. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. And in uh, boats and hoes, they were uh, they were popping champagne left, right, and centre, weren't they? They yeah. were indeed. Sparkling wine, rose, white wine, red wine. Um, it's, so, it's, yeah, boating drinks, aren't they? Boating drinks. Yeah. yeah. So, mates, I uh, have been getting out in the boats. Uh, maybe not quite as. Uh, exciting as uh the stepbrothers movie but i have been getting into a bit of forester estate chardonnay on out the on boat. the boat yeah mate, just, uh, just swanning about out mate, there in the crystal clear waters of Bay. i know mate at the forester chardonnay is a refreshing fruit driven wine with lifted citrus stone fruit and subtle oak characters wow now, it doesn't seem like you read that off the label at all Adzi. it doesn't mate but lifted <laughs> citrus doesn't lift it. Doesn't that mean stole? It's like, oh, where'd you get that? Oh, I lifted it from somewhere. So I'd just like, no, where are they lifting their citrus from? Well, probably Harvey, I, I imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, mate, they wouldn't do that because they're such a good, honest company. I'm sure they're not lifting citrus from anywhere. But, uh, mate, yeah, when it's hot and it's summer, nice cold bottle of Chardonnay doesn't go astray. Forrester Estate, what a ripper. You little beauty. Barrel Surf Podcast. 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 Yeehaw! Podcast. Uh, 
podcast. It's another Friday afternoon edition of the podcast. Once again, we are back in Ads Kennedy's shed. He does the double fist pump there and says, <laughs> yes, you're in my shed. We certainly are. My to my right, as usual, Ads Kennedy. Hello, mates. G'day. Yep. Sweaty Friday afternoon. It's a little bit sweaty, isn't it? Yeah. The door, roller doors were shut. We only just got home. We've opened them up. We've got cold drinks. and uh, I've got a couple of buttons undone on my, yeah, my work shirt. Got your boobs out, I see, Adzy. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, T-Bone across the table, just ripping into me straight off the bat. No <laughs> introduction needed. Thanks, T-Bone. Good He's, to see T-Bone good back. Good boobs, mate. Nice and, yeah. T-Bane's back Formed. off the prelude, he's, he's had COVID and he's gone to work and he's back for the new year, so Got welcome s- T-Bane. Yeah, well, thanks boys, good to be back, it's uh, Friday the 13th, eh? Oh, Ooh, right, yeah, yeah so it is. I love a good Friday the 13th. Yeah, who knows what's going to come out of the shed quarters this afternoon. Black cats and dark arts, man. Well, we do Possibly. have a, we definitely got a special guest for Friday the 13th, don't we T-Bane? We do, we do, we have a very special guest in the highest order, Adzi, um, got, a bit of, got a bit of intel from Mickey Plowman, and a shout out to Mickey Plowman as well. So, Mickey Plow. Mickey so, a, he's a silent member today. He, he really was instrumental in putting this one together. Um, he should have a couple of things. And, yeah, he should have come on, but he had to go home and uh, cook people dinner. And But anyway, uh, thanks cook, to Mickey Plow cook, for putting this one together. Cook people for dinner. Yeah. Didn't realise he was a cannibal. Well, that shouldn't back, surprise you. back to work, so he's got to... Shouldn't you surprise... Mate, cause cause wife so straight guys, you know, they're the ones that you got to really, you know, the squeaky clean ones, they're the ones that are right, cannibals. That run, that's right. Okay. That's so, right. T-Bone, who have we got? So who we got today? So like I said, absolute royalty in uh, in surfing, particularly in WA. Long list of surfing contest achievements from a grommet right up until the Masters Division. I think 11 state titles, but... Um, we're sure we can talk about this one. Uh, won numerous pro-am competitions, national and international events. Uh, won three divisions in Australian surfing titles. Most winning surfer at Margaret River. Represented Australia on a few occasions. High performance surfing coach. Contest director at Margaret River Pro. Life member of Surfing WA. A judge. Apparently the best surf forecaster in Western Australia. So we'll have to uh, delve into that one. And most importantly, uh, one of the most respected surfers and officials in surfing Western Australia, in Western Australia, welcome Mike McAuliffe. You. Thank you very much, Steve-Bone. That's quite the introduction. I hope I covered off, mate. It's <laughs> such a... You. Got to love a good clap, do we? Mike can't hear that, but I've just put the applause yes. sound effect on. Mike Stomper McAuliffe. Mike Stomper McAuliffe. Welcome to the Shed Quarters, mate. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I've been sort of hoping to come here. Mickey's been sort of nudging me to come up, and uh, I'm here finally, Friday the 13th. A little, little <laughs> excited, but a little bit nervous. Yeah, uh, all yeah, good. Looking forward to it. All good, mate. Now, thanks for coming down, or coming into Shed Quarters today, because I know you've been down the beach for the uh, the start of this Taj Small Fries event. How was the first day of the, the comp, mate? Yeah, it was good. It was it was good. The waves were small, ideal for the Groms. It's kind of a low, no losers sort of day. They sort of have these first round requal type setups. It's uh, one wave only, fifteen minute heat. So we one wave only. Yeah, it's a yeah. little bit different format, but yeah. works really good at shallows. Works really good when there's no losers, and it makes the gives the kids the opportunity to you know sort of go for it rather than try and lock in two waves to the beach. They can hopefully open up a bit more. So how was the talent today? Yeah, good. It's good to see, you know, with COVID over that we've now got more kids from over east this year, which is great for the WA kids because, you know, they get to compete against some of the best guys from over east and some kids from 
Indo and I think a couple from Japan as well. So really yeah, it's good, good to see the international interstate flavour back at the small fries because it's been missing for a couple of years. What's your role down there? Uh, I'm just judging this year. Yeah, sort of uh, working under Mickey P. He's our judge. I'm one of the judges on the panel. So the master and the apprentice, but really the master's the... Uh... Yourself and the apprentices, Mickey? <laughs> well, we, we used to take turns with the head judging role at a lot of the junior events, but uh, Mickey's a lot more of a diplomat than I am, so oh. I think they sort of shove me aside. <laughs> I, I get, I get I a bit bossy. Mickey is a diplomat, yeah. for sure. Are you saying that you won't take a backward step if any surfers come up the judging town and get pissed off with the score? Or? Oh, well, Mick, Mick, again, with the parents, Mickey's a lot more diplomatic than I am. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. just more diplomatic than I am. So he's, he's a better man for that job. Yeah, classic. And, I'm um just before we move on there, Tebow. I'm curious about the 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 single wave score because I know how many waves was it counted on when you were sort of competing, Mike? Yeah, that's a great question. It was actually when I first started competing, uh, which would have been about 1977. There were six guys in a heat. There was no leg ropes. There was <laughs> no uh, obviously no priority. Uh, they were still 20-minute heats, but it was four waves. And four length, waves. Four okay. waves, and length Mate. of ride was a big part of the criteria. Right. So. Wow. How, how, how do you work out who, who catches what with six people, no priority, is it? It's chaos. It's biggest, chaos. Biggest man gets the biggest waves, mate. Simple as that. Yeah, it's just a bit, give, bit like driving in Indo. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Just give someone who could give the hardest backhand slap across the head before they even contemplate <laughs> taking a wave. Yeah, no. The, yeah, the competition rules have been sort of slowly upgrading for a long time and they yeah. definitely made a lot of really good improvements in making the surfing performance better yeah. rather than turning it into a, a wave catching hassle fest yeah could you ever see the like the wazzle um going to one wave because they Ooh. they used to be three or four waves as well didn't they they've gone back to two yeah so two now that's right it was it was three i'm not sure when when ips first started whether it was three or four could, it could have been yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was definitely four there for a while, you know, both at, at national and maybe even international level, ISA level. Uh, then it, then they dropped it to three. And then in the last, what, 10 or 15 years, they've dropped it to two. Yeah, yeah. So going to one, you, you never say never. Uh, yeah, and not sure. And down at Taj's Small Fries, one as in one scoring wave, you can still catch five. Yeah, yeah. so different... In events have different rules on that. It's basically some some it's fifteen wave max. Sometimes yep. it's ten wave max. But like at the WSL level, it's you can, there's unlimited waves. You oh, can yeah. catch as many as you like, but you're judged on your best too. So something like the small fries would be probably a fifteen wave max. Yeah, but best one wave. Yeah, okay. yeah. Good luck getting fifteen waves at shallows in fifteen minutes. Oh, if you're a grommet, easy. Oh, didn't you um, up pretty quick? <laughs> so, I mean, they'll get thirty waves. Oh yeah, yeah. Go, yeah <laughs> I, think, gotcha. I think Italy caught seventeen waves at Newcastle when it was a CT that COVID year. Yeah, Jeez. right. Seventeen in one heat. That's solid. And is is how many years has Taj's small fries been? Ah, uh, it's having its eighteenth anniversary. Wow. 18th and have you been involved with everyone? No, I would have been involved with probably sixteen of them. I wow. reckon. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Taj and Surfing WA for mm. 18 years of uh, get, keeping the Groms happy and yeah, yeah frothing. developing that talent because some of the crew that have come through, yeah, amazing I saw, names. I saw some photos uh, that they posted a couple of days ago. I saw a very young Jack Robbo, very young Jacob Wilcox, yeah, and yeah. there's been others. Obviously, they're just the WA boys, but 
Um, mate, you've been involved with lots of other comps as well uh, um, on the uh, judging and organising side. You're always down the classic every year doing, um, I don't know, event. Uh, are you like competition director down there or just head judge again? Or is it always judging or are you doing other stuff? Or well, with the classic, I haven't had a lot to do with it for the last couple of years or last few years. I haven't, not, haven't really had a lot to do with the board riders, Margaret River board riders, that is. Yep. Because I've just been busy with my, you know, coaching and other roles that I've had and in my own family, my own work. But I, yeah, for a, it was when basically when Lindsay Thompson passed, I sort of reluctantly got asked to take over the presidency role of the Margaret River board riders. So oh, I yeah. took on that role for about four or five years and generally when you're president of the board riders you're pretty much running the margaret river classic yeah for sure so I, I was heavily involved with running it for a long time and then obviously competed in it for a long time prior to that how many but, to- how many wins you got at the classic stomper um well if you can count all the different divisions because you got yep. obviously the opens which is how it all started back in 78 or whenever it first started mm. and then they introduced women's and then the old boys were getting old so they'd in old boys, so I didn't. I didn't win the juniors. Haven't won the women's, but I've won all the other divisions. <laughs> Mate, you'd probably I mean, be allowed the, to compete. I haven't got, got to win days. the locals. <laughs> I felt. I felt kind of guilty about the locals because I'm from Perth originally. Oh. But, uh, they have that rule, and I fitted into that rule. I hadn't been competing. Met been, the criteria. Been living, met the criteria. Yeah. yeah. Went in the locals. Had a win. That was actually one of my favourite wins. But uh, and then they had, yeah, over thirties and then over forties and over fifties. So it's such a long-standing event. Um, can you remember like some of the best years like surf wise like during the classic? What's been the ultimate year for you for surf? Well, the the year I won the locals probably for me was really memorable, and the final was particularly memorable because the the surf was absolutely firing. Was like it? it was, it was eight foot and offshore and as good as Margs gets. And Clayton Swader was in the final with me. A couple of other guys I can't remember offhand, but I, and I had had a really good final things everything just fell in place and i had a, had a great final but there was always there was just this one scene of clayton because clayton's way is a bit of a larrikin and he went out in the final in a pair of flares like proper <laughs> flares with, really? you know like the flares were you know 12 18 inches wide at the bottom and he took off in this eight footer yeah. this bomb just late drop because he was famous for his late drops just free falling I just have this perfect vision of paddling up the face, just looking at these flares, <laughs> just in full flight as he was just free falling down this classic this eight footer and doing the bottom ten. Sounds awesome. like man of the single fin. Yeah, so yeah. I thought I think the judges might have given him a little bit extra because he was wearing <laughs> the flares. But I would. I managed, I managed to pick him, but little that was probably one of my most memorable fires. Yeah. Surf was firing. Yeah. Clayton in flares. <laughs> I should mention before we go on. I know that Adzi's uh, wouldn't mention, would never mention this himself, but he's a carryover single pin champion at the Margaret River Classic. See the check on the wall there, Stomper from Billy G. <laughs> oh, you haven't catched it. Well, <laughs> it's a long story, but mate, our, our listeners have heard it about a thousand times, okay. so we don't need to rehash it again now. Did you ever win uh, the Opens as as the president? No, oh. I think by the time I was president, I was in the older divisions. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, probably president's, uh, president's nah. like getting the win there. But no, no, I think I won all my three opens before that. Yeah, okay. Before then. Yeah, yeah, classic. There's so much to unpack, Mike, um, about yourself and your surfing life and career. So uh, I guess we always like to start at the, at the beginning. Where did it all start for you? Where, where'd you grow up? Where'd you? What beach did you first go to? And Yeah, I was... 
I was born in Mount Lolly Hospital. My parents had recently built a house on the top of the hill at Giles Street, which looks straight over and down onto Medham's, Medham's Pool. And that they were both brought they were both brought up inland. They were both country inland country people. So when they moved to the city, they found the beach and they just fell in love with the beach. So they bought a house at at uh, Triggs or North Beach, right on the pretty much on the border of Triggs North, North Beach. And yep. uh, everyone said they were mad. Yeah, living buying a property way out there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, they absolutely love they love the beach, and so they kind of got me into the beach. They'd go down to Triggs and body surf. They weren't into surfing; they yeah. were just body surfers. Wow, that's pretty crazy that your parents were from the country, yeah. farmers. I'm assuming. Yeah, my dad was a wheat then, farmer. Yeah, right, wheat farmer, wheat and then farmer. have gone to Madams and just and gone. Yeah, I like body surfing. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. instead of just yeah, not being. Mate, there's heaps of farmers moving into this area yeah yeah you know downsizing from the farm and grabbing a little spot there you go by the coast it's uh yeah so mate i noticed you had had the medem sticker on the back of your car there in the driveway still was that yeah what's going on there just throwing it back to the back (laughs) in the day well i'll try and quickly run through it so i sort of got into surfing through my parents taking us to the beach body surfing myself they sort of got me into the nippers at triggs didn't really enjoy the nippers and if the surfing circles of that area, you know, kind of wasn't that cool to be part of the surf lifesaving movement. Yep. Uh, so I did a summer with them and didn't enjoy a lot of it, but I really enjoyed the, the cool light board paddling part of it. Oh yeah. So that therefore I got myself my first cool light and, and then probably around about, I don't know, about 11, I got my first fiberglass board. Can you remember what it was? It was our cut down Mal. I oh, yeah. got off some North Beach boys that was at that time when males were being cut down because we're probably talking early late 70s. 60s, early right. 70s, yeah. all that era when boards were just cutting down. So it was a four foot six orange rail cut down male. Cost me cost me five bucks. <laughs> yeah, five bucks. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like three months and worth. Well, of, they just uh, saw it in half, basically. Pretty or? much. It, yeah. it, you know, I, I remember I fell in love with it obviously because I'd spent a couple of years on cool lights and. Yeah. And getting rash and trying to, you know, put plywood wax, melted wax fins in and <laughs> and breaking them and then got that board. Actually, I got a good good story on that one because we were into cool lights. Yeah. Around, we were probably all around about 11, maybe, yeah, I'd say 10 or 11. And then the older guys, they all had their fiberglass boards and they were probably 15, 16, maybe. This is mid-60s? Mid, this would have been, this would have been around 70, 71, I reckon. Okay, yeah. yep. Yeah, around So that. you're 11 years yeah, old around yeah. then? Yep. And there was about five of us guys on our cool lights. We'd hang up in, the, in this little protected area up at near the toilets at Medham's and, um, you know, the boys would light fires and we'd hang there all day and rub baby oil in our backs. To, there was no such thing as sunburn cream. Because um, <laughs> baby oil gave you a better tan. It, co- it cooked you quicker. <laughs> that, was a, that was a theory, wasn't it? <laughs> You get browner quicker. Yeah, <laughs> which is back then it was like, yeah, let's get as brown as we can. <laughs> and yeah. now it's like, mate, what but the fuck out of the blue, these sixteen-year-old uh, guys said that us guys could loan their fiberglass boards. You really? And we just couldn't believe it. Yeah. We were going, Classic. This, are we dreaming? Is this for real? So they, we all paddled out on these boards and spent thirty minutes in the water, just you know, feeling on top of the world. Sick. And you know, we got came back in, you know, really stoked and going to thank these older guys. And we came in. 
and they had just destroyed our cool lights. Just oh, had what? big boulders and big oh, really? just heaving. Brutal. And we were just in shock. We just could not believe it. Wow. That, that could happen. That's vicious. <laughs> Did you? And obviously, you didn't. Uh, being a lot younger, you didn't have the balls to just turn oh, around and smash their board into the reef. We didn't question anything. We <laughs> oh, put up our cool lights and just walked off in just disbelief. Oh, that's rough. That's yeah, rough. It was pretty rough. So it sticks out. So, Maybe. yeah, well, the, the initiations back then were pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah, some of, you know, joining because that's what I was saying. I joined, end up joining Scimitar Board Riders. That was kind of when I first got into comps. What's that called? Um, the board it's called Scimitar. Scimitar, Scimitar right. Board Riders. Yeah. So were kind of Triggs based. Yeah, I say I was I was North Beach Medems based, but there was no Medems Medems no. members. Medems was a real hotspot in it those was. early years, wasn't it? it? Was. Wankers, it was, I believe it was called, yeah, wasn't it? Was, yep, and that's yep. how the name Medems Members came about because it was um, it was called Wankers. Right. Yeah. So we, we sort of tongue in cheek called it Medems Members. Okay. Yeah, right. After its nickname Wankers. But um, yeah, that came later that the Medems members. So I bought, I joined Scimitar first, reluctantly. A North Beach guy, Mark Wells, he was the one that kept pushing me to go into comps. I was happy just surfing with the boys, free you know, free surfing. That was where I was at. So how many board riders were there uh, in, the, in the sort of early 70s? Uh, a couple of clubs going well, on. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the board riders clubs were were strong back then. I don't think there was any down here as such, although yeah. there had been some at Yelling Up for sure. That was probably some of the original actual board riders were some of those old guys at Yelling Up. But in Perth, there was definitely the Dolphin board riders were strong. Yeah, Cottesloe right. board riders. Where were the were Dolphins strong. from? Scarborough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Cottesloe board riders, Leighton board riders. Right. Oh, yeah. And then Cim- Scimitar was kind of the Triggs area. Wow. What's Scimitar? Where's the name of that? Do you know? Uh, it's it's kind of like after a, I think it's a Japanese blade. Oh yeah, okay, like yeah. Some sort of a, a not, I'm not sure if it's a samurai blade, but it's a. Type okay, of it's blade. pretty pretty random connection to a <laughs> to a surfing club yeah. in WA in the seventies. <laughs> but but anyway. no, they were a great club. They were really proactive. You know, they'd bring us down here, down south, and we'd have board riders comps down here. Oh, classic. Had you know good meetings and prizes. You know, I remember winning my first leg rope for winning a board riders and oh yeah that winning that prize just sticks in my memory as how really how was it a bailing was or was that yeah it was a leg rope tear. yeah that's a did good you question. but <laughs> <laughs> but did the board that you had at the time even have a leg rope plug in it <laughs> what did you do with that, well, leg that rope? again that was the transitional era of leg ropes coming in because we yeah. were drilling holes in the back of our fins of the fin, yeah. and putting yeah. rope yeah. and then there's either, one there on that um on that one right there it's uh oh, i can't remember what it is but you see the hole in the fin there yeah. actually it's a good question you bring up there because i'm assuming oh, leg rope was a... sure i'm pretty sure that around about the first margaret river classic was about 1977 78 somewhere around there yep and that was when they started to let leg ropes be legally used in competition oh they were illegal when i when i first started <laughs> competing you weren't allowed to Jeez, use that really yeah they were illegal even though they were available they were they illegal. Were just coming on the market like the first yeah. leg ropes were starting to be coming yeah. on the market Cook cords, Up until then, they? it was ropes yeah and you know socks, socks and dog yeah. collars whatever you dog collars <laughs> whatever you could wrap around your ankle that was that was how leg ropes sort of came about and then they started to commercially make them but at that point they were still not allowed in competitions. Yeah, but wow. I remember the Margaret River Classic. That was and that was huge the first year, and they allowed them. 
Oh yeah. Oh, so that, that's how I remember them. How long? Time. How long were the heats without leg ropes? Were they just still the same? Still the same. Six guys. <laughs> so you could potentially minutes, not even get a wave. wave. Yeah. You could just go out, one wipe cleaned out. up, lose yeah. your board, and you're, you're out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I suppose that would clean the line out out a bit. Yeah. You know, a couple of swims to the shore. Yeah. Would give you a time to get a wave out the back before the other three or four came back out. So when it was pretty so, sizable surfer, I'm sure it'd be be paid to sort of sit and watch the waves and sort of uh, figure out when to paddle out, where to paddle out, just to avoid, you know, any sets on the head so you don't lose your board or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I've never, ever considered myself a good duck diver, but I do remember some of the guys, you know, like Ian Cairns and Adrian Wilson, Chris Fulston, those, you know, Tony Hardy, those sort of amazing duck divers. They yeah, right. could duck dive incredible because they, they had to. Yeah. You know, because you, you can't just bail your board. Whereas yeah. I bail. I'm a bailer. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I bail now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bailer. <laughs> <laughs> bail all the time. Yeah. But, but those guys, I just remember seeing them duck dive. Yeah. Huge. Wow. Waves. You yeah, mentioned right. you went down south with the board riders. Was that the first time you traveled down here with the board riders or did you come down uh, on, on another occasion? Yeah. Well, I was lucky there too. So my parents, as I say, they fell in love with the, with the beach when they moved to the city. And so I got brought up at North Beach and then sort of gravitated towards Triggs. But my grandparents retired, my mom, my mother's grandparents who were forestry workers in the Nanup area, they retired to Dunsborough, Quindalup. So all my school holidays were nice. in, in Quindalup. Yeah. They had a house uh, at Quindalup there. So You were covered. Yeah, I was covered. <laughs> I was covered. You know, my wow. earliest surfs on that cut down Mal were you know at Smith's and, yeah, and Yowls and uh, really? I remember the pulling up there one day with, with my parents so I had a mate Bo Miller with me and he, he uh, had this brand new innovator pop out shiny yellow thing that his parents had bought him and it was sparkling and I had this really kooky cut down Mal <laughs> and there's all these old guys hanging in their hammocks and their old cars around the car park at Yowls yeah. and I'm going I just can't I just can't walk through this group of old guys with yeah. his board. <laughs> so I've, I've run to the back of the car and yeah. I've ripped it, stole his board <laughs> and walked through all the old guys with oh, his classic. board. And he had to carry mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got down on the beach and we swapped boards. No all, way. It's all about reputation, isn't it? <laughs> what a mate. What a mate. <laughs> was he choking or? He was, he was pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then anyway, we went out and I think I got my first wave. I got a... Um, Wiped out. I think I nose dive and my board hit me fair in the head. Oh, oh really? So it was karma. That no, was instant karma. Yeah. So wow. yelling up was your first surf? Day? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. pretty sure it was yelling up or Smith, but I'm pretty sure it was yelling up. Yeah. Do you? Do you? So that remember? was my parents. Right. And that's why I would have been probably eleven or twelve. And did did those? Sorry, did those older guys ridicule you, mate, for <laughs> having your board, or did it go unscathed? Oh, I think yeah, there, was, there was some. Fantastic comments. Was there I as a couple? Walking, you know, I wasn't yeah, yeah. I know that stomp pretty board. nervous. Well, yeah. you, you can't hide it, mate. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who these older boys were. You, you, yeah, yeah it's probably would, Kev they, Merrifield they be, and they, yeah. Kevin Merrifield. They would yeah. probably be icons of the area. Yeah, yeah. They would <laughs> be. They, you know, they were hanging in their hammocks and their old Holdens and what have you. Yeah, cool. So, Mike, it sounded like you had a taste of contest surfing at a young age. When um, I see that you won your first state title in 1977, is that right? I think seventy eight. Seventy eight. So where where was that state title? Where, where was that held? Uh, it was down here. Uh, they used to have three state rounds. They used to have them on the long weekends. So they used to have like the Australia Day titles, the spring titles, which is a long weekend in spring, 
and then they have the state titles, which is a long weekend in March. And you could surf anywhere. You could be surfing anywhere from you know North Point to South Point to Main Break to Lefties, up this way, Inji. They'd, they'd, have, they'd, run, they'd run the yeah, yeah that full Mate, mobile head of the times not, like the, not, not the Margie's pro no no they were very very mobile I guess was will pick it up yeah. well, go I guess when you only, you only need a couple of folding chairs couple and a clipboard <laughs> it's pretty easy to move around isn't yeah, it that's pretty much what it was yeah 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 right yeah, like, there was no PA system <laughs> probably was there a priority system yet. in the state titles back then no 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 oh, I, I, I my most of my competitive career was no priority yeah priorities are fairly recent. Right thing, particularly in the amateur right pro am era, yeah. era, which is where I competed mostly. Yeah, uh, man on man obviously broke up a lot of the hassling, but yeah. there was still no priority. So six for a lot man of that. heats. Yeah, well, the, the six man heats. That as they went, the six man heats and the leg ropes that all changed fairly quickly. They started to go to four man heats, but they kept it at and you could use leg ropes. But they did keep it at four waves for quite a long time. Best four waves. Yeah, right. They did keep it at that. Quite some time. We had a six-man heat at Yards Board Riders last year, didn't we? Well, was pretty sure. Straight to the final, wasn't it? Well, yeah. six-man final. Six man final. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Six people showed up, six-man final, bang. <laughs> Mate, how did you – that first down south trip, was that just a, an eye-opener for you? Did that really leave an impression and that you just wanted more and more of it? Or was it – well, were you still getting like pretty reasonable waves in Perth at, at that age? And you were happy with that? Yeah, it's funny how that work works out. You know, you have um, you know, impressions of your local beach that I go back now and I, I sort of look at look at the local beaches at Triggs and Madams and I, I think to myself, you know, how did I do it? How mm. did I do it? But even in summer, we'd find a way. You know, we'd surf every day and we had these little, because you've got all these shallow limestone reefs up there and you get a bit of water on them and wave, you know, the size of a coffee table would be breaking on it and we'd name it and surf it and then yeah. talk about it <laughs> all day. And, so, I, and they weren't even real real waves. But yeah, right. So obviously even going to Triggs was a pretty big step up from Medams. Yeah. Particularly if you were there in, in Autumn and Triggs Point was working, you know, that's some pretty quality waves. Yeah, yeah. And I got my first proper barrel on a cool light on my knees at, at Triggs Point. Sick. Well, that's always one of my favourite questions that was coming soon. Where was yes. your first barrel? So Yeah, that was... Trig um, Point? Yeah. Trig Point. Clear. I still remember it. Clearly. Do you? I just, awesome. Yeah, because it just wasn't meant to happen, but it was just the perfect wave. Why was, were you on your knees? Because I was... I think it was a late drop. Oh, and yeah. I think, and I was on my back end. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have had oh it was a yeah. left, so it wasn't trig point. No, it was a right. No, it was a right. Oh, oh sorry. Right, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Cookie foot. Yeah. Uh, I should have known. I filmed him. Yeah. Correct foot forward. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think pig dogging was really a thing back then. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I certainly was you know, okay going on my forehand, but a lot weaker on my backhand. Yeah. And this thing was steep. Yeah, I, right. remember, I, I sort of paddled in and free fell, got to my knees, and then the cool light just bit. For some reason, it just bit perfect. Like it was Classic. more, it was definitely more luck than skill. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the wave was just perfect. It was just such a perfect hollow wave. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That so you can remember uh, knowing, the first um, one. Obviously, spending a bit of time at Triggs. My my old boy used to surf there a lot in the sixties, and um, used to say, "Fucking great wave, Trig Point on stay." He lives down here. Do you reckon that the wave at Triggs has deteriorated since they got rid of those caves and stuff at the at the point there? Do you reckon it's the blue hole because the they didn't they blow up the blue hole yeah well kind of it's never the, it's never the same the beaches are constantly changing yeah, with, yeah. with or without mm. human impact you know just mm. winter storms and long hot 
Flatsville summers, they, they make the beaches different every year, the same as our beaches. They, they're always changing. We think they're the same, but they're not. But And then, as I say, because I've progressed to down here and I walk, go back there, I go, how did I do it? It's, it's, it's hard for me to make a judgment on whether it's got better or worse. Or whether but it was just good I, I would say, I would say as a, probably worse. Yeah. That, that I, all the changes they've it's made. It's got to be worse. But, um, Billy Gibson reckoned it was the bridge to Garden Island stopped a lot of sand flow. That was one of his series when he was in here. The bridge yeah. to Garden Island? Oh, well, whatever okay. it is. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, is the that the right one? Way, the yeah, 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 there is yeah. a bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair way down the coast from Chiggs. Yeah, but he reckoned it fully affected the sand flow all the way through okay. Scarborough and all that stuff. That's what he reckoned. Because you, you the look groins, at photos of old you got Scarborough. You've got groins at Cottesloe and Leighton. you got yeah. groins at City Beach yeah. and yeah. Floriot. They weren't there. And then yeah. you've even got the groins further north towards Hillary's Sorrentos as well. and Hillary's. And you know, yeah. Sandy's moving back and forth. So it's got to all have, a, have some sort of impact. And then also the island at Triggs Point that used to be separated from the mainland for a good periods of winter when the winter storms come they'd eat the sand out and then it would break away and be separate and then yeah. summertime the sand would build up and the island would be linked to the land again that the local council makes sure that it never breaks apart yeah, it's always yeah. linked yeah, there's yeah, always yeah, sand yeah. linking yeah. to the island so yeah it's an interesting one mate do you remember the famous story of all the nuns drowning out at, at triggs were you were you living around there at that time i know the story Yep. Or, and I've heard of the story. It's definitely legendary. Uh, yep. But I don't think I was around. If I was, I would have been really young. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, I've heard of it. I think another story was, and I don't know, because Charles Riley is a guy. There's Charles Riley Oval, Charles Riley Road. Oh, he, North he was Beach. Pretty, he's yep. a pretty well-known local identity in the, the Waterman's Bay, Triggs area. And I think he yep. saved some nuns, oh, rescued right. some nuns oh, on, right. on this wooden surfboard. Yeah, right. That I actually end up getting hold of. Oh, what? It's, uh, it's a no nun, way of the actual built, board. Yeah, the actual board. You still got the, it? Yeah, still got the it. The nun saver. The nun saver. Yeah, built in the 1950s, <laughs> wow. it was. So what were the nuns doing? Just get some abalone off the rocks? <laughs> they were Asian nuns. Well, I'll tell you what. I cut it out. I cut it out. That's All right, 30 minutes and 30. <laughs> they were that. swimming in but their, in their, you know, their nun clothing. They would yeah. be... It'd be very easy to get yeah in yeah. Trouble. Well, they wouldn't have been allowed to take their take their clothes off, you know. Like they wouldn't have wouldn't have been allowed to you know wear bikinis or anything. Obviously, no. So, but you yeah. know, it's hard to break the habit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boom, boom. So yeah, I wonder if it was the. <laughs> I wonder if it was the same. I wonder if it was the same story. I mean, that got blown no, out of proportion. I don't think it was. You I, reckon think, I think it was a separate, a rescue. separate bunch of nuns. A separate rescue. What was with all the? Yep, I'll have one, T Bone. I'll go on a XPA. Thanks, mate. I'll have one of Adzi's XPAs as well. I think you uh, by Cheeky I, Monkey. I think Stomper will have an XPA too. Be good. Yeah, <laughs> mate. So why were there so many? Uh, no, T, give him an XPA, mate. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The blue, oh, the okay. blue holes were. Uh, as I was growing up, they were renowned as being a dangerous spot yeah. to be. But why? What's with all the group of nuns? What, why oh. were so many nuns? Oh, there was nunneries there. There was a, like the, there was a, a very big um, nunnery and school at the back of North Beach, and then that they had homes for the nuns there. Oh right, and okay. And there's a wave near what they call Cleggies, 
yeah. which was a, a tackle shop. Yeah, I remember Cleggies. And then it became Yellow, the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, there's a wave there called Nuns. Is there? Because there used to be a one of their homes was right in front of that house. Oh, wow. Well, is that the one that all the boogers surf? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleggies was notoriously shallow, short, yeah, short yeah, piece of, sort of... Oh, mate. There, yeah. yeah, we used to know that beach as Nuns. Yeah, yeah really? That was Nuns? Nun, uh, yeah, like a home for the Nuns. Wow. Just there. And wasn't there... Isn't you know because North Beach and Triggs were those classic old uh, grid formation streets, like all at right angles. That yeah, correct. Wasn't there a whole bunch of those streets were named after the nuns that died there? Is that right? Good, like I Mary didn't know and that. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty didn't, sure yeah, well, it was Mary Street. Yeah, for sure. I didn't yeah. know that, but that does make good sense. Yeah, yeah. Chrysostom wow. Street. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I used to live in Trigg. Oh yeah, Chrysostom Street. Yeah, yeah. Lynn See, Street. Lynn Street. Chrysostom yeah, I reckon. Street, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So you've got a nun saver board. That's cool. As uh, as have you donated it to Billy Gibson at the um, Surf Museum, or is this in your shed? No, it's sitting up on the wall in in my house. It's, awesome, yeah, it's classic. Um, it's, it's pride and place. I, I was away when we had the two thousand and eleven bushfires in Margs, and that fire was threatening where we live. Oh, so you're in proof. And, and my sons were there trying to protect the home, but they got told to go. Right, and then my mate Shorey, make sure he he heard that we were evacuating. So he's driven to my house just to get that board. Oh, Did wow. he? Because what it's, a wood, it's a timber board. Wow. Yeah, so that he, thing was he, going. He wanted to protect that board. Ah, oh, sure. What a legend. <laughs> I know Mick Shaw from the me. time up north, and he was yeah. an absolute goofy-footing tube pig, much like yourself. Very much so. So yeah. the fires <laughs> got to the house, mate? They no, they oh, didn't. Oh, good. They good. didn't. Yeah, no, glad no, we, were, we were lucky because yeah. the, the winds died down that night. They were, you know, they, and they were really heavily protecting the valley that runs into town on the Margaret River. Yeah, because that's where our place is, and uh, yeah, so we got we got well protected. Good, good. But yeah, we had ash and that falling on yeah. the house. It was yeah. it would have been scary, and I, I wasn't there. I was, where were you? I was over east with the junior team. Oh, okay. Yeah, at um, Coffs Harbour, I think it was. Yeah, yeah right. Hey, while we're on the topic of surfboards, um, you mentioned uh, from your cool light, you got a a half cut. Uh, Melboard. When did you sort of move on to your next board? You sort of yeah. Well, then I got a a, a black saw, like a beautiful yellow single fin. It was such a beautiful board, and it was fast, really, really fast. So I remember that. And then I bought my very first board, uh, which was a custom Bob Monkman from oh Cordenley, Bobby Cordenly. Classic. Yeah. So that was my first board. I think, brand new, I think that was brand new, and it cost me thirty five bucks or something. Oh, God. brand new surfboard! How good! What were you and doing for what were you doing for work at that time? Did you see out your schooling and move straight into an apprenticeship, or were you chasing surfing dreams? Or um, my schooling didn't end well. Uh, <laughs> Sounds and, good. And that was when I was sort of doing. I was so that's when I was just doing board, uh, board riders. I wasn't really doing state rounds or anything at that time. Yep. Uh, but I was in year eleven. And I think that this time kind of summarizes me a lot through my teenage years, probably through to my sort of early mid twenties, where I could be really dedicated for a while, but also love to be with the boys and 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 run run a bit wild as well. So I sort of had this yin and yang yep. thing going on where I could really commit to to study or commit to training or commit to a apprenticeship, but but then I'd get you know my rubbery arm would get twisted. And I'd, <laughs> um, I'd go down the path. So, yeah, so the, and the, the time at school was probably the beginning of that where, again, Shory and I had been um, introduced to marijuana for the first time 
and we thought it was a pretty cool experience, you know, you're sort of rebelling and going against the system. And so we had a taste of it. And then the, the guy sold us a bag and with another guy, there was three of us went in on it. And I think we had one little thing. We didn't know what we had no idea what we were doing, <laughs> but we, we thought, okay, what are we going to do with it? So I went and buried it at home and, um, out the front yard thinking, okay, we all know where it is. So we, and then any rate that night, my mum's golden retrievers come out and <laughs> dug, dug it up and, and chewed it to bits. And, oh, and, that, nice. and that was kind of the beginning or the end of our, our, our drug career. I'm not sure. How'd but the dog go? You <laughs> seemed fine. You know, those laboratories are pretty, pretty yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the time. They're hungry, those labs, aren't they? <laughs> but, it's uh, just and tripping out going, what the fuck? So how, how did, did your mum see... This weed scattered everywhere. No, no, we or? completely got away with that one. Oh, okay. That so, had nothing so to do with school. That, okay. that, that was sort of <laughs> until why, now. Was the golden retriever's shit green? <laughs> <laughs> but then that led led us into more trouble, mm. in the sense that we thought it was you know pretty cool that whole experience. I was in the pantry at my mum's and came across these chicken herbs that looked and smelt like marijuana, <laughs> and so we went down into the cellar and. We re rolled up one and we thought, oh, yeah, this is just like this is just like it. So, being entrepreneurial, we both rolled up some little joints and took them to school. Yeah. And there was these really heavy guys at school, like guys you don't mess with. <laughs> and for some reason, we picked, we chose them. <laughs> and we went and ran the back of the toilets before school and had had this little spliff of these chicken herbs. <laughs> chicken and, uh, oh, and they were frothing. They were frothing. <laughs> I thought, this, stuff, this stuff's great. <laughs> and so, anyway, so we started selling joints. Really? So yeah. Chickens. And um, <laughs> yeah, so by the time lunchtime come along, Shory and I had pockets, you know, full of coins and, no uh, and orders, more orders. Really? <laughs> yeah. So we were on a bit of a roll. But then um, one of the kids flipped out, not one of the kids we sold it to, but, you know, the word had got around that yeah. Mike and Shory are selling joints. And, uh, so they dobbed us into the teachers. Oh, and, no uh, way. The, the the deputy principal at the time, he, he didn't like me any anyway, rate because you know, so I had a bit of long blonde hair, surfy bum look, didn't wear the, <laughs> didn't wear the uniform. Was yeah. Which de school? De dedicated to uh, Kareen High. Oh, so yes. The legend. I'm a Kareen boy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to Kareen Primary. I grew up. Primary. And yeah. I, was, yeah, I was in year 11. And I'd say up until then, I'd been really dedicated to my studies. I was struggling to do my what they call ATAR now, but I was getting through, you know, getting yeah. past this. So I was, I was fully committed, but this was kind of the beginning of the wheels coming off sort of thing that era. Yeah. And then yeah. anyway, so the t we got, we got caught. <laughs> the deputy principal came into class and he was stoked. He thought he finally had me yeah, because he wanted me out yeah. of school. He'd been wanting me out of school for a while. Just, <laughs> I just didn't fit the system. Should have said, check, check the, check the oregano, mate. Yeah. There. Well, no, that's exactly what happened. He marches me, up to the head office and there's two detectives in the office. No like, way. Yeah, proper Jesus. D's. Called in the cops. Yeah, I'm fully getting Fuck. interrogated. Here I am, this 16-year-old getting fully interrogated. And, uh, 16, so like maybe 76, myself. something like that? And I, I think I had to dob Shory in because he had the bag oh. of chicken herbs in his locker. That was oh, the yeah. only way I could prove. Did it have the label on it still? Yeah, yeah, well, we, that's what we ended up Master doing. We went to the locker, got the chicken herbs mm. and brought it back to the office and they said, oh, okay, okay, so... You Just for home economics, you guys miss. Are yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but anyway, so from from there, my relationship with the teachers and the whole school deteriorated. <laughs> my parents were very, very. On one hand, they thought I was kind of entrepreneurial, 
<laughs> on the other hand, they were pretty bummed. So that kind of led me to the end of my schooling, which yep. then led me into going to a series of other things like apprenticeships that I started and yeah. quit. Yep. Um, then started doing competing. And the surfing is just something that for some out of everything, it just stuck with me. I just, was wanted, I just wanted to go surfing and yep. I, was, I was starting to compete and really enjoy competing. Yeah, classic. So I, I, and that's kind of, and then you know, a couple of little things happened where we got in trouble again, and you know, sort of, you know, sort of run, running on the edge with the law a little bit, but you know, just little misdemeanor stuff. But, but then the competitive surfing really put me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So yeah, right. So that was kind of a bit of a blessing, really. Yeah, yeah. it could have gone. Kept you focused. Could, yeah. yeah. Love and to, I was, you know, you're running with good crew, but you also run them with some dodgy crew. And oh, mate, you, make, mean, you make some pretty serious life choices at those ages <laughs> yeah. of who you hang with so, yeah, and the decisions you make on who you're going to run with. And that affects, with. yeah. But I mean, it was, the, mate, you're talk, talking probably 76 around there somewhere at Yeah, this around stage. there, 76. And, yeah. you know, surfing was heavily intertwined with, you know, tune in, drop out, smoke weed, acid, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it was a pretty big movement at the time i'm sure there was a straight edge of a bunch of people but you know you had Christian morning service, the, that's about it yeah that's yeah. it but yeah. i mean and then especially to the next the older generation who didn't understand it there was you know you you guys were you know it was almost a, a criminal element to it wasn't there in in those older generations eyes because they didn't really understand that Smoking a joint and going surfing was just a nice thing to part, do. Part and parcel. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so. And I was actually more worried about being smashed by these big heavy guys that we'd sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we'd made them look bad. Yeah. In the fact that we were selling them chicken herbs. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but to, for them to save face, they pretended to be cool and knew all along that that we were just. They were sort of. They knew that. It we was chicken herbs. herbs. Yeah. Really? That's so hilarious. we kind of didn't get belted. That's what I was more That's worried pretty about. That's pretty cool. That's hilarious. So kind of <laughs> got away with it. That's awesome. So yeah. good. You said you had a um, got a taste of that competitive surfing. Who were your sort of early influences in competitive surfing back then? Uh, well, a guy by the name of Mark Wells, who's a few years older than me, and he was a North Beach guy. He was the one that really sort of pushed me into competing. I, I was pretty reluctant. I was, I say, I was pretty happy to just. Surf and uh, just cruising. surf, and then there was a guy by the name of uh, Sharky Clark, Paul Clark. He was like another Metams guy, a little bit older than me, and he'd been winning state titles. And and there from that, so I did the board riders through Wellesley and and this guy Jeff Thompson, who was running the Scimitar board riders. And then from that, just led me into going into a state. I think that's why I went into a schoolboys first. And Colin Earl was on fire. He just won every heat and every division and. I think I just had no idea of how to compete at that point. Yeah. I think I just got lost out the back and yeah. hardly caught a wave and got knocked down in my first first heat. And I, I thought I could have easily probably walked away from competitive surfing after that because it was so disastrous. <laughs> but I, I thought I'd give it another go. And I went in a state title at um, down here, spring titles down here, and ended up being run at lefties. A lot of the state rounds used to be held at lefties when the four-wheel drive tracks yeah. Oh, yeah. used to go up there and you could drive your V-Dub or your, awesome. your Holden. I'll be yeah. on the Sandry in there. Yeah, and we'd yeah. all park our cars up there and run the state rounds from up there. And, yeah, so I was in the juniors. So I, I wasn't driving at that time. but uh, we are, You're on your black saw then? No, I was on this I was on this whiteboard. Oh, no, I'd moved past single or twins or ah, singles, single, still single, singles. Yeah, yeah, definitely singles. singles. I was always a bit slow to move on everything. I yep. was slow to move off singles. I was slow to get onto thrusters. 
Um, yeah, I've always been pretty conservative with forward design equipment, but yeah, definitely singles. And then, yeah, and, and things just really went well in that event. I think the wave suited me. Um, I could sort of just surf the way I felt I could surf. And, yep. and then I ended up getting um, getting second. I think Sharky won that state round and I got second. And then Bill Oddie, Bill Oddie, who, was, who owned accordingly over all yeah, well, man about town. He was yep. a, a big player in the surf industry. Yep. Back in that time, he came up to me that, that afternoon at, at the car park and offered me to come into the Jollymont surf shop the next day on the monday and and he offered me a sponsorship and okay. you know that's when my motivation went through the roof yeah. then, once he decided to sponsor me and what then barry that? young do was you pretty do you remember what a sponsorship sort of entailed at that point it was all pretty low key it was basically about come in and order a board you know and then you go and meet the shaper which was greg lorenson and i'd go into the bay and talk talk deep you know design details and yeah um and you know he was good at you know and bill was good at sort of telling me how how you should present yourself and that was again part of helping me go from that period where I could have gone off the rails to going back uh, into a, a sort of better better path yeah so Bill was really good for that and then another guy Barry Young who was running Rip Curl and Quicksilver at the time yep uh, might have been I think because I, I then went on did really did pretty poorly at the the next state round which would have been the straight A titles and then we had which was at South Point, and then we had the state titles at Marks, and I went and won that. And then Barry Young was there, and he offered me a sponsorship with Rip Curl and Quicksilver. So, yeah, and they, they were just really good mentors. I, I was pretty lucky with the people in hindsight. I probably took them for granted at the time. You know, crew like them, and then in surfing WA, you know, the crew that came along just around that time, you know, the uh, Jock Campbell. And, Tim Duff, and there's another guy, Keith Campbell, and Midnight, Greg Greg Hamilton. They were, you know, kindest organisers or uh, presidents of the Surfing WA, which was Wazra back then. Yeah. They were the ones that would, you know, run the events and take us away with state teams. They they were such. In when I look back in hindsight, they were they were good mentors. Yeah. So Baz Young took you under his under his wing. And yeah. Yeah. So we, so he was doing Rip Curl and Quicksilver. Were you which were you sort of sponsored by? Or both. 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 Okay. Yeah, because Quicksilver didn't do wetsuits and yeah. Rip Curl didn't yeah, do yeah, clothes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay. I, yeah, I was sponsored Rip Curl for weddies and Quicksilver for clothes. I should shout out to Baz Young because we've been um, communicating, trying to get him in at some point, and we'll, we will endeavour to that because I'm sure he's got some bloody great stories. Yeah, he would have for sure. Mate, you had a lot of success in in your state titles. You know, from how young were you when you first got your first state title? Uh, so I was like, a little bit reluctant. So, I, you know, compared to today, I was definitely a slow mover. When it, I, I started to do the board riders when I was probably 15. Yeah. And probably won the first state title when I was probably 17. And your last one? Oh, I don't know. Oh, 30. Oh, I don't know. Good question. I guess my I guess my question was, you know, during that reign of winning all those state titles, were you competing against the same sort of people through those that, that sort of period? Did you... Yes and no. There was some crew that came and went, another crew that came along. So, yeah, there was certainly crew that, you know, it was like the Paul Cunninghams and the Benton Morans and Richie Carball, um, sure, Mike Shaw, he sort of competed a little bit later on. But, yeah, he, he was right into it for a long time. You know, the Mitch Thorsons came along. And, 
and the Dave Mackers came Dave along, Mackers, and we yeah. had a very, you know, we had a really strong rivalry going there through those sort of. You and Macca? Yeah, yeah, we had, you know, we were always friends, but we certainly had a, you know, strong rivalry. Guy you mentioned before, Wayne Jaggard came along. RK, Richard Kelly, he was amazing. Uh, there was, yeah, there was, yeah, Roger, Roger Monkhouse, Cottesloe guy. I've always loved his surfing. He was an amazing surfer. Was Stuart Bedford Brown around? Stuart Bedford time? Brown. Yep. Yeah. That's I. There was so many. So I, many I definitely missed their. Name, I definitely missed their names. So it was. A, it was a strong era, of a lot of talent, and yeah. a lot of that talent, a lot of people wouldn't know about now. But now that I've been involved with coaching for a long time, you realise that having that hub of rich talent, really pushes the cream to the top and that's how you end up with your you know your dave mackers and your your mitch dawson's and the crew yeah. that they've been pushed by guys who are probably just as talented maybe lack a bit of competitiveness that they lack or a bit of competitive skill or opportunity different reasons may maybe the reason but and, and you've seen it happen again you know we've seen the same thing happen with what's happening right now with with jack robbo and jacob wilcox and and bronte mccauley they've been pushed by a lot of really good surfers just under them yeah got them you know they've obviously got a lot of natural talent yeah but they've been pushed by a good group of core surfers during their junior career so i've sort of realized that that pattern is an important part of the whole mix to get your best surfers from any area you know you had the area with the you know the mick fannings and the joel parkinson's and the rasters and the josh kerr's that same thing happened at snapper dingo yeah dingo yeah that that group you know that's that's how you and they would have been pushed by other crew under them that we probably never heard of, but um, yeah, really talented. Just on that, Mike, I'm, I'm interested. Obviously, you don't want to play favourites or anything, but who are some of the WA surfers that you see sort of going pretty far in the competitive era, competitive arena? As in what the current crop? Yeah, then? some of the yeah. juniors that you're saying that uh, are um yeah, because there's obviously a lot of a lot of ripping WA kids at the moment. Yeah, well, we've got a really good group of young girls coming through at the moment in in willow hardy izzy campbell and probably ruby berry those three probably really stand out to me right now and then olive nip uh, olive hardy nipping at their heels and then there's yes then there's some younger ones nipping underneath mm. that and you know they've been led by some good young girls above them it, it's it's so much tougher now to make it because mm. the the depth of talent globally is is huge. You know, you, you yeah, go to, you go to a nice every beach in the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think the World Juniors is on right now, and uh, that's a, a bit of an example. The WSL World Juniors on Oceanside in uh, mm. California. Yeah, and that's just a, a little bit of a taste. But yeah, I've been lucky enough to go away as a coach with the ISA, with the Australian Junior Team in the last few years to the ISAs, and you get over there and you've got forty seven countries and. 250 competitors or something and you're just seeing the depth, the depth of talent and how hungry they are and it's the hunger that is one of the keys uh, and some of the Aussie kids sort of get I wouldn't say they get overwhelmed but they probably go in a little bit complacent thinking you know we're from Australia we've got this country that just bleeds surfing yeah but and and they kind of like quite often look at the ISAs as a stepping stone to their professional career they all want to be professional surfers which is the dream for a lot of groms not all groms but a lot and they get over there and they see these young kids from south america or parts of europe and they've never heard of them and they probably will never get to become pro surfers so they treat that isa as like it is the that's end game it's it's the 
and they are so hungry yeah. and so competitive yeah. that our kids kind of go, Phew, they kind of get a bit, yeah, a bit yeah. shocked by it. Yep. And, but it's a good eye opener for them. You know, it's, yes. For me, if you get our junior kids to do good at nationals, get into the Aussie team, go to the ISAs and just see what's going on globally with the best juniors in the world. And you then you get an understanding, oh, am I good enough? Yeah. Am I cut out? And then if you are, then it can really inspire them. And that's say Izzy Campbell and Willow Hardy had exactly that opportunity last year. Um, right. Was that El Salvador? El Salvador, yeah. yeah. And they both came away with reasonably good results, but more importantly, they came away inspired to to work harder and yeah, go cool. harder. Awesome. Did we have a young young Aussie, I think under 16s? So, so, well, I don't know, one young Aussie won... Last year. Won a division? Yeah. Yeah, Victorian kid. Correct. Remember his name? Yeah, he did. Um, hopefully that'll... Jar- was Jarvis? Jar- Jar- nah, no, it wasn't Jarvis. Jar- was, no. But yeah, no, you're right. Under 16, boy from Victoria won. Yeah. The under six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, under 16, cool. I Mates, um, just to throw it in a different direction, that was pretty good insight there as someone who's involved super heavily in, in that coaching role and mentoring role for all these young people, which is really cool thing that you're a part of because you've got a lot of experience to to pass on but mate dialing it back again mate give us an insight to your first uh competitive over east run did you do like a a trip with like say the wa team early gates once you had a bit of competitive success and and uh and the first time you sort of headed over east to to stack it up against those guys i'm sure there's a a tale or two to be had in there. Yeah, well, yeah, good and bad again. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's what we want. <laughs> uh, well, that so, we were talking about the state titles and I ended up winning the state title at Margs and I made the state team, obviously, and the very first nationals I went to were in Margaret River. Oh, easy. Um, yeah, and, you know, I had um, Tommy Carroll and Joe Engel and, again, I'm going to miss so many good names because there were so many young, good Aussies coming through at that point. Uh, but they, they were two sort of, uh, this guy, Brett Peacock, he was amazing. Some really good guys from Queensland. Yeah, it was just it was just a lot of talent. So I, I competed in that and I think I ended up fifth overall. So I, oh, yeah. again, I was sort of bummed because of the heat I'd lost, which was, I think it was a semi. I totally, I took the wrong board out at South Point and cooked it. Oh, it was at South Point? <laughs> yeah. So I missed out on the final. But overall, when I look back on it, I was really happy. You know, I've sort of, just got into competition. Yep. First year I've managed to win a state title. Then I've gone to nationals and had that got experience. Fifth, yep. And it was the the follow and so that really inspired me. And I think I went on and won the state title again in the next year in the juniors. Yep. Uh, and so then I was going away to the nationals. Queensland was going to Snapper. Oh yeah. And trained the house down. I trained like a demon. Did like, you? I was determined yeah. to do even better. Wow. Uh, and then any rate I get an. I'm assuming there was old, no um, high performance, performance academy back old then. Holden, <laughs> I get an old Holden with two older guys from in the state team, and we decide to drive to the Gold Coast for the Aussies. Yeah, and were any team members flying? Yeah, most of them were. Oh, okay, us, us three drove, and we got to Cactus and had amazing waves in Cactus. Yeah, uh, yeah, really good waves at Caves, and we pretty much these guys were heavy smokers. Yep. And we pretty much smoked from yep. Margaret River to, of, to um, Snapper Rock. Chicken, chicken herbs, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we smoked chicken herbs yep. all the way to Snapper Rocks. Yeah. 
And Love it. I was feeling What great. year was oh, that? This was what? 78, I think. 78. 79. Yeah. 79 it was. Yeah. Yes, it was 79. So you got awesome Got to snap. Uh, we we yeah. got there two weeks ago. We were staying on this really good apartment overlooking Kira. Got introduced to um, Tommy Peterson. He became oh, really? he became like our go-to guy. So was, there was more chicken herbs going on. <laughs> and then we, we went and we were warming up. We were there Classic. a good 10 days. He was pretty much a poultry farmer, those Peterson <laughs> brothers, weren't they? We were there 10 days before the event was due to start. So we were warming up. But, you know, I could see my energy starting to die off and... And then, and then I had this free surf out at, at Durambar and it was just the three of us and it was shit Durambar. Uh, we, we were just practicing and training. And then this old guy paddles out mm. and just burns me like three times in a row, just drops in. Really? Yeah. So the third time I've gone and I've flicked, <laughs> flicked my board at him. Oh, oh did you? Yeah. And I've, and I've, with leggy? With leggy. Yep. But, but I've, still I've, flick. Yeah. And I got him. I oh, got yeah. Him. <laughs> got him. I got him in the back of the leg. So, <laughs> and anyway, and then I've sort of tumbled off my board, obviously, and he's kept going and flicked out. And then he has come paddling up to me, just steaming. Yeah. And so I've rolled off my board to pretend I was injured. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just gives me the most evil stares. And he just grumbles these words at me that I couldn't even decipher. Yeah. And um, then just paddles off, and I, and I thought, oh, geez, I've dodged. There. <laughs> can I? And I come I... in, and Shay and and the, one of the guys that I was with goes, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> who was yeah. it? I know who, who it was. I'm was. guessing who it was. He's got, that was Michael Peterson. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, mate. I had my first altercation with MP. Wow. wow. But uh, somehow, somehow <laughs> I had to pull it off. Mate, that's but then, awesome. yeah, that, as the as the time went on, my energy levels and everything just deteriorated. I think I got knocked out. First yeah. heats, both times. Too many chicken herbs. Just a disaster. Yeah. And we'd uh, actually stashed chicken herbs back at Cactus. So we all, <laughs> did all, three, all three of us were sh- did shocking. Yeah. Right. So we just got back in the hold and so, just hightailed it back to caves. So when you stashed it at the chicken herbs at Cactus, was that because you were thinking, oh, from here on in, we're going to pass through cities and it's a bit... No, we just bit... wanted supply for when we got back. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so you still took some chicken herbs. Yeah. But you also stashed stash. them. We dug a hole. Oh, that's, that's smart cooking. You're, yeah. a, you're some sort of chef. Well, that, 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 <laughs> I was just going along for the ride. That yeah, was, yeah, was these older there. boys. Yeah, yeah. They, they were onto it. Wow. They weren't onto it, whichever way you look at it. That's epic. So that was your first nationals. And again, that was a time where I thought, when I got back after that, and I thought all that effort I put into in that training yeah. and just fully let myself down. Yeah. So that was another what was you know, Kira slow, like? slow learning turning point to yeah get, to professionalism. Put, put your head in, yeah. Put your head in. How yeah. was Kira then? Like when, during that event, we had pretty good waves. I think it ended up being out at Snapper in the finals. Okay. Because I remember MP went out there. And just stalled on the tail of his board and got tube from pretty much takeoff to finish wow. right through the middle of the contest. Wow. Burnt all the surfers. <laughs> oh, he wasn't even in it. No, he wasn't in it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I was going to ask you if he was in yeah, it. Just, just burnt everyone. Wow, that's epic. And then actually, there was one day we were trying to sneak into the uh, the patch, the nightclub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And. It could have been anything there. And, and then, the patch, you know, I mean, what, chicken club. herbs? It was a nightclub, the patch. Cow I mean, patties, what famous, are we talking about here? Lot, yeah, it's a pretty famous pub in on yeah. the Goldie. It's still right there now, well, I think. It could it? even still be yeah. there. But anyway, we were trying to sneak in and, and then we ran into MP on the other side of the wall and he, he he couldn't get over the wall. So we 
all lifted him up and got him over the wall. And then we all jumped behind him and all four of us were boom in. Oh, we're going, how good's this? Boom, security guard. Really? Let MP go. Dragged us three out and that was the end of our, our night at the patch. And that probably my two only interactions with MP. They're, they're some pretty good interactions though. Well, you got. I guess you got three. You, you speared him in the leg. You watched him burn everyone and get tubed in yeah. the comp and then you helped him helped sneak him. into a pub. Yeah, That's fucking him. awesome. Was, was Rabbit floating around? Not that at that comp? time. Yeah. No. Yeah, right. No. He was overseas on the tour. He probably would have been. He was probably starting that. What was, what was the sand, sand lock at that point there? Well, Snapper was proper and then Green Mount was a big cutout. Big hole. Beach. It was a swimming yeah. beach. Yeah, you know, yeah, there was okay. no linking of sand going all the way to Kira. And then it was big separate, no, pretty much no waves there. And then, then you had Kira. Yeah, mm. yeah. And we hardly saw Kira break. We were camped right in front of it and surfed it probably waist high. Yeah, okay. What was your uh, accommodation details like on that trip? It was it was just a pretty basic unit overlooking Kira. Oh, you had a unit? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Pimping. Yeah. I thought you might have... Worth the, about three million bucks now. Probably. Yeah, that's right. Probably, yeah, probably be, more. Yeah. Well, it's probably a freaking high I thought your there. mates would have had the, you know, the Holden wagon and made the grommet bloody sleep, you know, in a board sock or something out the at the front. But no, you're doing all right. Yeah, no. Nah, nah, Did you stop there. through bells or anything on the way back down? No, nah, nah, we just hightailed it back. Straight to cactus. Straight to cactus. <laughs> <laughs> and, mate, they were cooking a lot of chicken and cactus in the 70s. <laughs> like, it was a pretty wild place. Did you... Have any stories of note from your from your little missions? Not really. We we didn't on that trip have a lot of interaction with the local cactus crew. Yeah, uh, we were there. They were pretty hardcore we prob- back then. Yeah, weren't we? we were probably there for three or four days on the way there. Okay, and we I just remember how how good caves was. Yep, and then we came back and we were there for two days, and the surf was rubbish. Oh, okay, we, we just we were going to stay longer, but yep. the forecast didn't look good, and we just packed up and went. Well, you never thought you were going to get professionalism from Barrel Surf Podcasts, and that's the way it always is with us. But, you know, we do our best. We had a bit of a technical issue there, so we thought we'd stop the podcast for now and bring you part two in the next time we release Barrel Surf Podcasts, which will be in two weeks' time. So I hope you've enjoyed this with Mick McAuliffe and look forward to bringing you part two in two Thursdays' time. Yeah.